Victorian Periodical Parade. Hey everybody, for this one I kind of just thought that I would pick up the video at the same spot as the last live video. So welcome to Victorian Periodical Parade. I'm going to be picking up uh, where I left off from Lady Audley's Secret, Chapter 2. Let's continue from where we were. The old man was sitting drinking brandy and water in his little dining room, and my wife was upstairs sleeping peacefully with the baby on her breast. I sat down and wrote a brief few lines which told her that I never had loved her better than now, when I seemed to desert her, that I was going to try my fortune in a new world, and that if I succeeded I should come back to bring her plenty and happiness, but that if I failed I should never look upon her face again. I divided the remainder of our money, something over forty pounds, into two equal portions, leaving one for her and putting the other in my pocket. I knelt down and prayed for my wife and child, and with my head upon the white counterpane that covered them. I wasn't much of a praying man at ordinary times, but God knows that was a heartfelt prayer. I kissed her once, and the baby once, and then crept out of the room. The dining room door was open, and the old man was nodding over his paper. He looked up as he heard my step in the passage, and asked where I was going. To have a smoke in the street, I answered and as this was a common habit of mine, he believed me. Three nights after this, I was out at sea, bound for Melbourne, a steerage passenger with a digger's tools for my baggage, and about seven shillings in my pocket. And you succeeded? asked Miss Morley. Not till I had long despaired of success, not until poverty and I had become such old companions and bedfellows that looking back at my past life I wondered whether that dashing, reckless, extravagant, luxurious, champagne-drinking dragoon could have really been the same man who sat on the damp ground gnawing a moldy crust in the wilds of the new world. I clung to the memory of my darling and the trust that I had in her love and truth as the one keystone that kept the fabric of my past life together, the one star that lit the thick, black darkness of the future. I was hail fellow, well met with bad men. I was in the center of riot, drunkenness, and debauchery, but the purifying influence of my love kept me safe from all. Thin and gaunt and half-starved, shadow of what I once had been, I saw myself one day in a broken bit of looking-glass and was frightened of my own face. But I toiled on through, through disappointment and despair, rheumatism, fever, starvation. At the very gates of death, I toiled on steadily to the end, and in the end I conquered. He was so brave in his energy and determination, in his proud triumph of success, and in the knowledge of the difficulties he had vanquished, that the pale governess could only look at him in wondering admiration. How brave you were, she said. Brave, he cried, with a joyous peal of laughter. Wasn't I working for my darling? Through all the dreamy time of that probation, her pretty white hand beckoning me onwards to a happy future. Why, I've seen her under my wretched canvas tent, sitting by my side with her boy in her arms, as plainly as I have ever seen her in one happy year of our wedded life. At last, one dreary, foggy morning, just three months ago, with a drizzling rain, wetting me to the skin, up to my neck in clay and mire, half-starved, enfeebled by fever, stiff with rheumatism, a monster nugget turned up under my spade. 
and I came upon a gold deposit of some magnitude. A fortnight afterwards, I was the richest man in all the little colony about me. I travelled post-haste to Sydney, released my gold findings which were worth upward of £20,000, and a fortnight afterwards took my passage for England in this vessel. And in ten days, in ten days, I shall see my darling. But in all that time, did you never write to your wife? Never until a week before this vessel set sail. I could not write when everything looked so black. I could not write and tell her that I was fighting hard with despair and death. I waited for better fortune, and when that came I wrote, telling her that I should be in England about as soon as my letter, and giving her an address at a coffee house in London where she could write to me, telling me where to find her, for she is hardly likely to have left her father's house. He fell into a reverie after this and puffed meditatively at his cigar. His companion did not disturb him. The last ray of the summer daylight had died out, and the pale light of the crescent moon only remained. Presently, George Talbys flung away his cigar, and turning to the governess, cried abruptly, Miss Morley, if when I get to England I hear that anything has happened to my wife, I shall fall down dead. My dear Mr. Talbys, why do you think of these things? God is very good to us. He will not afflict us beyond our power of endurance. I see all things, perhaps in a melancholy light, for the long monotony of my life has given me too much time to think over my troubles, and my life has been all action, privation, toil, alternate hope and despair. I have had no time to think upon the chances of having anything happen to my darling. What a blind, reckless fool I have been. Three years and a half and not one line, one word from her, or from any mortal who knows her. Heaven above, what may have happened? In the agitation of his mind, he began to walk rapidly up and down the lonely deck, the governess following and trying to soothe him. I swear to you, Miss Morley, he said, that till you spoke to me tonight, I never felt one shadow of fear. Now I have that sick, sinking dread at my heart, which you talked of an hour ago. Let me alone, please, to get over it in my own way. She drew silently away from him and seated herself by the side of the vessel, looking over into the water. And that was all the little more that I needed to complete that first section of the book. I hope you enjoy along the way, and we all have a great time. Check in on Twitter, at Victorian Parade. Check in on Facebook, slash Victorian Parade. Give me all those comments and questions and, and anything else you have for me. Yeah, let me know. Have a great week. Thanks for watching, and see you later. Bye. Victorian Periodical Parade